0: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is the Chicago City Cast with Danny Burke presented by Bette Rivers. Alrighty, what is happening, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Chicago City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Danny Burke, your host, here as always, ready to get you plenty of Chicago sports betting content. We've got an exciting race with the White Sox in the AL Central. We've got the Cubbies in a favorable series against the Nationals. And we've got an undefeated Bears team throughout NFL preseason. Cherish it while you can, folks. May not be lasting long. But we'll hit on all of that. Uh, We'll give you the preview for the Sox matchup in their series opener tonight against the Astros. Like we said, the Cubbies on the road against the Nationals. We'll preview that game. And then we'll, uh, we'll do a big recap, right? We got the Bears recap from their win against the Chiefs, the White Sox this past weekend, and then the Cubbies. So we got plenty to hit. But first, before we get into all of that, folks, Get ready to kick off fall and football season with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Join Bet Rivers on Wednesday, August 17th for Win Total Wednesday. This Wednesday, players who place a wager on any NFL or college football in their team's season win total get a free $10 Bet Rivers bet. So make sure you head to BetRivers.com or download the BetRivers app all season long for the latest odds and unique promotions. BetRivers is your go-to sportsbook this fall. It's a whole new game. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. Must be 21 years of age or older. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. Alrighty, folks, let's do a quick weekend recap here before we get really underway with all of our previews. But I I want to begin with uh, the good news, right? Well, not that there's necessarily bad news, but uh, the new good news. And that being a new team in Chicago playing its first game and getting the dub. And you know who I'm talking about, your Chicago Bears beating the Chiefs 19-14. They cover... They win, we cash our ticket, we took the Bears on the money line minus 165, and then you saw a huge momentum go the way toward Kansas City kind of once you realize the Bears' roster was pretty depleted with their secondary members and just overall receivers. But that didn't matter. And not all the time does it, because especially with those first preseason games, you're going to get a majority of the third stringers and beyond playing. Like, the first stringers not playing as much, that's a given for every team. So it still really matters about the second, third, fourth, and beyond stringers, right? The guys who are trying to make the team. And it still just seemed more important for the Bears, more things to fill out, more things to compete for, realize, impress, all those good things compared to the Chiefs. So the Bears were three and a half. Then it flipped to KC being a point and a half favorite. And on Friday, I was kind of, you know, sulking a little bit. I was like, man, I got the bad number. But hey, I still like the angle with the Bears. If you haven't bet it yet, now would be your chance at the way better number. Well, hopefully you got involved in some capacity because like we said, they won 19 to 14. So it was good to see them get off on a uh, strong note, especially with Eberflus and company. You always like to see that. A Little bit of difference in the play calling from time to time out of Luke Getzi. You know, he's not going to show his full hand right out of the gates, but you know, good little warm-up out there for everybody. Fields went four seven, 48 yards in the air. Awesome play to Darnell Mooney. And then Sharp had an amazing grab as well. Uh Simeon, 7-13, 89 yards and two touchdowns. Shout out Trevor Simeon. Had a boy. Uh Peterman, 4 of 6, 36 yards. He had some legs out there though, evading some sacks, keeping the drive alive. Very well done by the Bears quarterback crew. So that was cool to see. Uh, A lot of good running game, too. Tuggle on the Bears depth chart. My friends and I were rooting him on because he was just cruising out there, looking pretty strong. So, yeah, overall, a a lot of good things to take away from that game for the Chicago Bears. Again, it's nothing really that crazy. You're you're not getting a lot of the guys who are actually going to play consistently out there. But still, it's fun to see Bears football, and it's fun to see a winning Bears football team, even if it's just preseason. I know it doesn't matter, but still, you got to let us have this. We may not have many during the course of the regular season. Uh, further along here in the depth chart, or the box score, pardon me, uh, Mahomes went 6-7, six 60 yards, one touchdown right out of the gates. That was uh, that was pretty impressive. And, uh, yeah, Buscelli, is that how you say his name? I, I didn't have audio where I was watching the game, but he went 12-19 for the Chiefs. 99 yards, one tuddy, one interception. Um, other takeaways, I guess, you know, the Bears' offensive line at first kind of looked a little rough against the opposing starters, so still could be concerning. But again, it's week one of the preseason. Let's let it marinate a tad bit. But yeah, not the. I don't really have too much to say other than that because you're still not getting the biggest sample size out of your tier one players. So. Uh, we're happy that the Bears won because we cashed our ticket. We're happy that they're buzzing a little bit after their first dub, even though it is in preseason. But you'll take it anytime you can get it, folks. And then our other preseason bet, we cash in on the Steelers and Seahawks, that quarterback battle game. 32-25 to 25 was the final score there. So, yeah, plenty of points. We cash over 35.5. I know the number was up at about 36.5. Hopefully you are still able to pull the trigger on that. But the Steelers win 32 to 25. Trubisky having some highlights out there. No, not going to talk about Trubisky. But again, he had the one touchdown. Uh, Kenny Pickett did have two touchdowns. Rudolph had one. Drew Locke had two. Geno Smith had none. I didn't really look too deep into these stats. But yeah, Drew Locke 11 of 15. Geno Smith 10 of 15. This is interesting, of course, because they're like the premier quarterback battle going on right now. Not premier in terms of talent, but premier in terms of the 1A, 1B quarterback battle happening. Drew Locke, 102 passing yards. Geno Smith, 101. But the two touchdowns, the difference in favor of Drew Locke. Uh, Geno Smith rushed for nine yards. Drew Locke rushed for three. So, yeah, interesting. We'll see what they say about the Seahawks team. But looking forward to preseason this week. I love betting on preseason. People kind of scoff at it sometimes. But, hey, until you do it, you don't realize how profitable it can be. And we started off 2-0. Hopefully we can keep that going. Uh, Upcoming game for the Bears at Seattle. The aforementioned Seahawks this Thursday at 7 p.m. Central time. Probably not going to be a good spot for Chicago. Right? I mean, week one was good. I've explained ad nauseum the reasons why that was. But now that you've got that under your belt, You're on the road. You don't need to impress your fan base too much. And again, it's still preseason. It's going to be tougher for the Bears. Because, again, the Seahawks are in a quarterback battle here. Right? That's really all you saw in the first game was Drew Locke and Geno Smith. No one else took any reps for the Seahawks. So clearly, now that you're progressing even more so through preseason where more of your starters will probably get a decent amount more playing time. It's going to be those two guys. So uh, the Bears don't need to do anything with Justin Fields that much. Maybe he'll get more reps, but it's not like they're in a quarterback battle. So the Seahawks do have the advantage in this game. The market's probably going to move their direction. Seattle looked to open up at about 3.5 at most shops. Total at 39.5. See, I'd like to get an appropriate price here on the Seahawks for the money line, but it seemed like about minus 170 and above is really what all the books were offering. If I could get it in the 160s, yeah, I'd probably lay that with Seattle. But maybe I'll lay the spread if I get it at 3.5 still. But we'll see. I, I imagine the movement immediately will go towards Seattle. That would be my thoughts for looking ahead to Thursday, though. Again, I mean, it just comes down to who needs it more, and it's these two quarterbacks with Seattle fighting for their careers virtually, right? Who's going to be the starter? They're going to exhaust everything they can to outlast the other. The Bears on the other side don't need it as much. They don't. doesn't mean they're going to bend the knee and completely give up. It's just which side has more incentive, and it obviously goes towards Seattle. So we'll expound on this game a little bit more so tomorrow, probably, and then, of course, on Thursday. But, yeah, got to have the immediate lean, maybe ending up being a bet, but that'll be going toward the side of Seattle. Otherwise, in preseason, not too many takeaways. It was fun to have football back. Looking forward to plenty more of it. All right, folks, let's recap you on the White Sox's past weekend. What did we say heading into this weekend? Well, we said they need to sweep. Is it realistic? Absolutely. Against the Tigers at home, it has to be realistic, and it had to be a necessity, and you made it happen. Good job, Chicago. You only get a little bit of a round of applause because it's the Tigers, but hey, that's what you needed to do. That's the spark you needed. How about Vaughn driving in the game-winning run every single game? Man, dude's on fire. Sox could be getting back Luis Robert tonight, by the way. That would be a huge addition to the lineup, especially against a powerhouse Houston Astros. We'll get into that game momentarily. But yeah, the Sox sweep the Tigers. The Twins lost two out of three on the road against the Angels. See, we said, even though the Angels are not good, that could be a tricky spot. Because going on the road against Los Angeles and how the Twins have been sort of volatile, figured that could be a tricky situation. I was wrong, though, about the Guardians. I thought they would be the team to lose two out of three, but uh, the Blue Jays end up losing two out of three. Huge series by Cleveland, huge. That would have been big if it was reversed because, you know, the Sox sweep, so they get a game gained in their favor. The Sox and Twins both now two and a half games back from Cleveland. As it is right now at Bed Rivers, the Guardians are even money to win the AL Central The Sox are plus 210, and the Twins are now plus 250. The Sox, as we know, get the Astros at home for the next three games. Cleveland luckily gets Detroit at home for four games. And then in Cleveland after that series, the Sox will be coming to town. The Twins actually have a favorable path right now. So they get Kansas City at home for the next three games, and then Texas at home for four games. This is where the Twins have to take advantage. And if you really wanted any value on Minnesota, now would be your chance at plus 250. The issue is Cleveland could easily sweep Detroit in four games. Realistically, they probably win three out of four. And then the Sox, who have been awful at Cleveland, that's the next setup for the Guardians. So it just really could be tough for the Sox and could be very favorable for the Twins and the Guardians coming up. I mean, getting the Astros right now is terrible, but it is what it is. Maybe the, the Houston Astros are a little bit, uh, I don't know, relaxed coming into this game knowing they don't need it as much. I doubt it. But hey, you got to look at it from a positive approach. So yeah, it's it's not looking ideal for the White Sox. It's looking ideal for the Guardians. Man, I'm just still kind of salty. I never took Cleveland when they were over 2-1. to one. But does that mean you can't take them now? Of course it doesn't. And, again, as someone who's sitting on a White Sox ticket at minus 110, realizing how this schedule is appearing as of now and just knowing what is probably going to happen with the odds and just the results, I think i got to seriously consider hedging while I still have the Guardians at a plus price of even money, right? Because after they inevitably beat Detroit probably three out of four games, the Sox probably get one win out of three games against the Astros. Well, then the Guardians are going to be looking great, and their odds will probably move to, like, minus 140, minus 150. Maybe not that high, but who knows? Maybe. It depends what happens with the Twins, right? I'm not saying I'm betting on the Twins and the Guardians. you got to pick one or the other. And we assumed the Twins would falter. I thought the Guardians' offense would not last this long but the fact they were able to do that on the road against toronto if that doesn't sway your opinion on this team i don't know what does so i think i i might have to pull the trigger here on the guardians at even money it stinks to say it but that i it just seems like the safe and smart call right now instead of literally i know we are but gambling on the white Sox to cash a ticket at minus 110 look if you haven't bet anything yet I guess I, you could say you could see the value in the Twins at plus 250 because of what opponents they have coming up if you just want pure value. But, man, it's set up nicely for Cleveland now. 63% chance to make the postseason, according to fan graphs. The White Sox are at 46.6%, and the Twins are now at 40.4% chance. I don't know. I might have to pull the trigger on Cleveland. Again, I mean, is there anything that's making you convinced that the White Sox will wrap this up and solidify it? Absolutely not. When you're having to rely this much on Johnny Cueto at this point in his career, and look, hats off to him, it's just not necessarily ideal. And when LaRusso's firing back at the comments he made, like, shut up, Tony, you know, it's good he said that. Someone needs to say something because you're not doing squat. All right? Everybody's had enough of your antics. But can the White Sox do enough amongst each other to rally and overcome this Cleveland team in the division? Well, it starts tonight. It starts tonight against Houston. It's going to be their toughest series to date, and they need to capitalize. I'm not banking on the fact they will, but if there's a matchup to get off to a good start with, it could be this one tonight. And that's because of the aforementioned Johnny Cueto will be taking the bump this evening at guaranteed rate field against the Astros. And the good news for that is that Johnny Cueto, as we know, has been very serviceable for the Sox as of this point, but especially against the Astros. I mean, look, he started against them once this year, but it was a stellar performance at Houston. He went seven innings, allowed just two hits, no earned runs, five strikeouts. And the Sox won that game at Houston 7-0. And really, even in other sample sizes, like the Astros players have really struggled against Cueto. I think Martin Maldonado and uh, Jose Altuve have two hits against him, and that's the most. And it's like two out of like double-digit plate appearances against him. So Johnny Cueto's had the Astros number up to this point. And overall this year, his stat line is now looking like 4-5, and five, 291 ERA, 123 whip, 392 on his FIP, and then his Sierra gets concerning at 439, but hey, maybe he can bounce back at home. Well, then he consider his home numbers, and it's not that great because his FIP at home actually is 463, his FIP on the road is 322. That scares you a little bit. Every every Sox player is doing worse at home. It it makes no sense. But look, maybe you throw that out the window for this game because the Astros have not done particularly well against Cueto. Cueto, I, I don't want to say ran his mouth because that's not even close to what he did. But you know he he, he vocalizes team needing to light a fire. Well, it starts with you now, my man. And I don't even say that in a bad way. Like no, it was a good thing you said that. Someone needed to, and it's unfortunate. The newest member of the, not the newest, but a relatively newer member of the team in your first season with the squad had to say that. Like, that's pretty pathetic, but that's the state of the White Sox right now, and that's a good veteran move by Cueto. Now he's got to showcase and back up why he said that and lead by example. And he absolutely can do that. As for the Astros, they're throwing out Jose Urquidy. And your Kitty has been an interesting case this year. Not in a bad way, but when you just kind of look at his raw numbers compared to what the actual results have been. So he's 11 and 4 with a 385 ERA and a 116 whip. And you're looking at that going, man, this guy's been rock solid. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. But then you look, as we always do, at his FIP, which is 450. Wow. And even his Sierra's a tad high at 426. And then you consider his home and road splits. Folks on the road, he has an ERA of 483, a Woba of 338. And then his FIP is near five on the road. It's 496. But my goodness, chartering. Very dangerous and concerning territory. I mean, it's way past concerning. But again, I mean, he's just on a fantastic team that somehow finds a way. Take, for example, literally his previous start. Versus Texas, he went five innings, allowed five hits, five earned runs. Three of them were homers, and the Astros still managed to win seven to five. That's just how good this Houston offense is. Also, from the Sox offense, minimal plate appearances against Yurkiti. He's only made one start against the White Sox in his career. Houston won that game last season. He gave up two runs and four hits in seven innings. Houston won that game ten to two but we know he struggles on the road. He struggled in his last outing against the Rangers. Why can't the White Sox take advantage of it? They need to. This is a necessity for them to win and get a lot of offense. Now, I've been liking to look since July 1st at this White Sox sample size when it comes to hitting righties because you get a better idea, but it's not too much recency bias. So since July 1st, the White Sox against righties at guaranteed rate field Have an OPS of 776, a WOBA of 337, and then a great WRC Plus of 123. So those are awesome numbers from Chicago. Very good. But again, you're going against this Astros team that for the entire season against righties on the road, have an OPS of 731, a WOBA of 318, and then a WRC Plus of 108. Yes, your numbers of the White Sox are better, but I mean... This is the Astros on the road, and it's the entire season. At home, they're absolutely crushing it, and there's no reason they can't just dominate on any given outing. And, oh, of course, well, you got to look toward the bullpen. Houston has the number one bullpen ERA in baseball, 281. The White Sox are at 397. Houston's bullpen whip, 114. Chicago's at 131. This is a tough matchup, man. I mean, Houston still deserves to be the favorite, but maybe not that big of a favorite. I put them at minus 125 for Houston. And then I put the White Sox at plus 115. And I put the total shorter at 7.5. Now, again, the reason I'm doing that is because Cueto has been solid for the Sox. I know he's been worse at home, but after he just spoke out for the team... What he's done to Houston in his career, and especially in the last outing, I think it could be a lower scoring game. And assuming you're Keedy, yeah, he's coming off a tough outing. He's done worse on the road, but knowing the White Sox, they will inevitably struggle offensively. This has the makings for a lower scoring game. The wind's blowing out a little bit, nine miles per hour to right center field, but it's still going to be a cooler day, probably in the upper 60s. So, yeah, I think this could be a lower scoring game. However, the market and the opening numbers don't seem to necessarily agree. Eight and a half is the opener at Bet Rivers. They're thinking it could be higher scoring. I guess it's just really hard to make an Astros game as low as seven and a half unless you're going against like a Garrett Cole, right? But that just means maybe a better opportunity betting wise for us. Now, I was even with BetRivers Rivers in terms of the opening number with Houston. They also made the Astros a minus 125 favorite. But they made Chicago plus 107. And if you look at the numbers now, if you head on to BetRivers.com or log on to the BetRivers Rivers app, you will see as of 11.15 a.m., from my perspective, we'll see by the time you're listening to this, but Houston is now minus 129. And then the White Sox are plus 110. So some slight love going toward Houston. The run line for Houston's plus 125 if you think they win by two or more. If you want to take a run in the hook with the White Sox, well, you're laying minus a buck 50. total is still at 8.5, and, and the juice is on the over, minus 121. The under's plus 104. So I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking, man, if this gets to nine, should I look to bet the under? You know I don't like betting full game unders because of the bullpens and because of extra innings. So first five is a consideration at four and a half, or you're laying more at the number of five. Or no run in the first. You can get that at plus 108. But then at the same time, I'm like, man, I mean, if this market is moving pretty aggressively to the over, I must be missing something here. Or maybe betters just aren't as bullish on Quato as I am. Maybe bettors are thinking your key is going to struggle on the road and the White Sox can actually take advantage of it with the momentum that they gained in this prior series against the Tigers. These could all be, I don't know, these could all be taken into consideration by these sharps that are moving the numbers. But hey, it doesn't mean it's always right. We follow this team every single day. But against Houston, yeah, its it's a little tough to get a full gauge on it. But again, I think this could be a lower scoring game. I could see it being like, I don't know, anywhere from like 5-3. And yeah, I mean 6-3 wouldn't shock me. So then if you get 9, at least he can push. So that's so that's what I'm saying. I guess if I'm going to bet this game total under, like the full game total under, which again, I probably have maybe done once this year, maybe, then I would it would have to be at 9 for me to do it. The Astros, yeah, they'll probably get at least four runs. You gotta, Not that they're guaranteed to, but when you're factoring in handicapping against or for Houston, you're probably used to getting about four runs is what you can handicap for them. For the White Sox, well, shoot, that can range anywhere from two to four, I guess. It really just depends on the situation. But maybe I'll just do something with the first inning. Because again, this even the powerhouse part of this Houston lineup hasn't done well against Cueto and he limits his home runs under 10%. And then on the side of Yurkidi, like yeah, he struggles on the road and his home run to fly ball ratio is at about 11%, but it's still the White Sox offense that will probably struggle out of the gates. So that may be something I'll circle back to by the time... I get to rush hour tonight, but look for a lower scoring effort in this game. That would be my initial instinct. And then in terms of picking a winner, I mean, look, I guess if there's a spot where the White Sox could get a good dub for you, it certainly could be tonight. Cueto's done it once. But is plus 110 tempting enough for you to actually want to invest in this White Sox team? No. That's my answer. No. I just really don't think I'm going to get invested in the White Sox in any capacity in this series against Houston. And again, the market is slightly uh, moving toward Houston, so a lot of people probably see it as a good bargain on this Astros team. Cheap price for him against an incredibly unreliable White Sox team. And a pitcher in Cueto whose underlying numbers are telling you, hey, even though he's been serviceable, it's not going to keep going. We'll just have to wait and see. Should be a blast, though. Quick break here, folks. We still got another game throughout Chicago to preview, or with another Chicago team, because this one's on the road. But we'll take it down to D.C., where the Nationals are hosting the Cubbies. You got Marcus Stroman taking the bump tonight. Can he have a good bounce-back outing after what happened the last time he faced the Nats? Well, I'll tell you next. Right here, it is the Chicago City Cast presented by Bett Rivers. Bet Rivers has your bases covered with early week betting fun. Your baseball bet gets a little extra pop at Bet Rivers Sportsbook every Tuesday. Just log into Bet Rivers and receive a 20% profit boost on a baseball bet every single Tuesday during the entire regular season. You can use it on straight bets, player props, or a same game parlay. You decide. Log on to the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com and get your 20% profit boost today. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. Must be 21 years of age or older. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. righty, let's pick up the convo once again on the diamond here on the Chicago City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. But let's take it out to our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., where the Nationals are hosting your Chicago Cubbies. Right now, we currently see the Cubbies as the favorite, minus 139. At Bet Rivers, the Nationals plus 118 totals at 8. Run line for the Cubbies, plus 118. And if you want to take the run in the hook with Washington, it is minus 139. Where did I open this game at? Well, I opened this one up at minus 135 for the Cubbies. And I put Washington plus 120. Met Rivers opened up the Cubbies minus 137 and Washington plus 120 as well. So pretty close. But a little bit of movement going to the Chicago Cubs. And by the way, I opened up the total at eight and a half. Bet Rivers opened it up at eight. Cubs come into this series having won six of their last nine games. The Nationals, conversely, have lost their last nine of 11 games. It's not been a good year for Washington. Uh, The wind is blowing out slightly to center field, about six miles per hour, mid-70s today, so nothing too crazy that should impact this total. But the biggest thing to impact it, Is the starting pitchers. And for the Cubbies, they're throwing out Marcus Stroman as their starter. He's 3-5 this year with a 420 ERA. His whip is 116. His FIP is 398. His skill interactive ERA is 363. So that's been coming down, which is good. What hasn't been coming down, which is not good, is his home run-to-fly ball ratio. It's at 17%. Yeah, pretty high for Stroman. Uh, his K to walk ratio is pretty solid though. He's getting about eight and a half strikeouts per nine innings compared to just 2.3 walks per nine innings. So he's been able to maintain success in that region. Same with his BABIP batting average of balls in play two seventy five. You keep it below 300. You're doing fine. And on the road, he's been a lot better. You know, we backed him in his last start against Washington at home. Cause we're, we were saying, or I was saying, I guess, um, that, hey, if there's a time that Strowman can finally get his first win at Wrigley, you gotta think it's against the Washington Nationals. That wasn't the case. He went five innings, allowed five hits, four earned runs, six strikeouts, but the Nationals won six to five. But here are his numbers on the road. He's got an ERA of 2.26 a Woba of 253, and then, folks, his FIP is at 320. I, I mean, his numbers are fantastic on the road <laughs> because at Wrigley, at home, his FIP is 543. Like, how do you manage to do that? That's not great for your uh, premier pitcher you just signed that he's doing terrible at your home ballpark. Ugh. Nevertheless, uh, Stroman does have some struggles, not only at Wrigley, but against the Nationals. So he's 1-1, one in six, all-time starts versus Washington with an ERA of 517. They just have had his number, I guess. And especially Nelson Cruz. Cruz is 8 of 16 versus Stroman, with eight hits and two RBIs. Not too shabby hitting 500 against Stroman. Well, even if Stroman does get picked apart tonight, the Cubs have a good chance to pick apart Josiah Gray. He's a righty for Washington. He's starting tonight, and he has struggled. 7-8, 481 ERA, 560 is his FIP, 19% home run-to-fly ball ratio. But here's where it gets really odd. His Sierra is 394. Interesting. Very, very interesting. His home and road splits do not favor him tonight because at home he has struggled with a 675 ERA a 393 Woba, and then a 641 FIP at his home ballpark. Now, on the road, he's done better, but the number still is pretty horrid at 494. His last start, just like Strowman, was against his respective opponent tonight. So at Chicago against the Cubs, Gray went 6.1 innings pitched, allowed seven hits, just two earned runs, five strikeouts, but the Nationals bullpen blew it, and the Cubs did win that game 4 2. But yeah, he's 0-3 in his last five starts. It's uh, It's been a struggling year for him, but as Sierras maybe indicating, he could be okay. And look, again, he did fine against the Cubs the last time, but he has been pitching better on the road, and it's the second time around in a short span for the Cubbies against Gray. So that could be beneficial to Chicago. And you could say, well, Danny, I mean, the Nationals just did well against Stroman. This is their second time around in a similar situation. You're right. And that's why I made the total at eight and a half. Higher than Bat Rivers did, which was at eight. And you got to consider the bullpens. Not too great for either side. Washington, 432 bullpen ERA with a 135 whip. Chicago, 4.03 ERA with a 132 whip. All right, just saying. But what could also prevent this total from going over is, of course, the offense and lack thereof. The Cubbies against righties on the road this year have an OPS of 695, a WOBA of 306, and then a weighted runs created plus of 95. Not the best numbers. Well, it gets worse for Washington. Against righties at home, they have an OPS of 677, a WOBA of 297, and then their weighted runs created plus is 86. So not the best numbers out of either side, but definitely worse for Washington. Man, I, yeah, I, I mean, rightfully so, the Cubs should be the favorite, and I would rather back the Cubbies before I would ever want to back Washington. I just don't know if I do want to get invested in this game, because Strowman Stroman stung us the last time. It was that game against Washington. I know he's been better on the road, but still, it's it's tough here. Look, ultimately, I'm going to stay away from this game. But if I had to bet something clearly with the discrepancy that I had with my numbers versus Bet Rivers, I'd probably bet the total going over. Right? I know the offenses hasn't been haven't been the best, but like it could take the Cubs or you could get enough out of the Cubs, like they could score 6 and then all you need is 3 from Washington. Like the Cubs could absolutely just go off on gray or vice versa or they could go off on each other's bullpens that are not that strong. That's always a possible outcome. But yeah, I, I don't really think anything is that intriguing to make an official play. But a lean toward the Cubbies and a lean toward the total going over. That's what I got in our nation's capital with the Nationals taking on the Cubbies. Let me know if you got any plays for that game at Danny Burke5. You can reach out on Twitter, dburkevieson.com, if you want to email. Also, make sure you're checking out Rush Hour this week, Monday through Friday, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time, live out of the Bet River Sportsbook. If you cannot make it down, check us out at vsin.com or the VSIN app, or Fubo TV, Sling TV, the Xfinity app, YouTube TV, iHeartRadio, so wherever you get your podcasts, and the Marquee Sports Network, home of your Chicago Cubs. But that'll do it for another edition of the Chicago City Cast. Much appreciated to everybody tuning in. Best of luck with whatever you're playing tonight. And until tomorrow, folks, enjoy your day and your evening, and we'll talk to you then.